1: Prayer, this is The Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. I'm Celine Yeager, and with me is my co-host, Patrick Brady. Each week, we take a look at how cycling fits in our lives. How are you, Patrick?
0: Uh, I'm, I'm good. Uh, I've got a little update from last week's show because I uh-huh. got a lot of feedback from people, some in comments, some via email. <laughs> people wanted to say certain <laughs> things, not quite so publicly, Um. <laughs> all concerning the subject of, uh,
1: all your dating life. Dating. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think it was about like the champion Jersey or whatever else we talked yeah, about. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So the recurring, the recurring theme in the feedback was, uh, you know, for me really to stick with my normal mode of operation, nothing but the truth, no white lies. And truly I, <laughs> I got the hint. Uh, I can also share that I did do a ride with someone recently. And the biggest challenge I had during the ride was truly getting her to relax about the speed at which she climbed. Uh, It was the classic, go ahead if you want. And all I could say to that was, that's not what I want. It was a nice ride and I could certainly do more of those. Yeah. So um, anyway, uh, to all you listeners out there who are, commented wrote or were even thinking about it but that's awfully nice
1: thanks (laughs) very sweet
0: yeah so what have you been up to
1: i I had a busy few days i actually just this morning um well i should say last night i went over to a camp it's about two hours away beautiful in northern northern pennsylvania uh it's a girls riding together grit camp which is part of pickle uh which is our pennsylvania interscholastic cycling league which is also part of NICA. you know so it's like basically the teenage you know the the youth camp for mountain biking and uh, i went up there you know they asked me to come up and just talk a little bit about how cycling has you know been in my life and where it's taken me and all that kind of stuff and answer questions and the girls had tons of great questions there were 43 girls up at this camp holy cow that is right awesome It is awesome. They were there. um, They got there yesterday afternoon and they're going to be there through Sunday. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a whole, right. It's a whole thing. So they had, I talked for over an hour. I mean, they had tons of questions, like really good questions. And uh, they were a a rapt audience and it was just really, really, really cool to see. And then this morning, you know, that we broke them into sort of like, 'Cause there's some girls who've been through the, a lot of this program for a while. They've already done some races. So they were sort of in the uh, advanced category, if you will. And then there was a medium category and then more of the beginner kind of people. Um, and we did rides accordingly. You know, so they sent me out with the sort of more experienced people. And it was a, uh, you know, it was only about five miles, but we did like six hundred and fifty feet of climbing in oh. the five yeah, in a five miles. And, you know, a fair amount of like Pretty, yeah, not super technical, but not easy single track either. You know, there were roots and features and steep things, and you know, we stopped and sessioned stuff. Uh, It was it was pretty warm out, and the girls were just they were. I was blown away. They were just so great. They, you know, some of them are incredible riders already. You know, they're they're young teens, mid teens, and uh, you know that just. I just kept thinking like all the stuff that they are getting out of it is just amazing. Like, you know, it's not just the mountain biking, but the camaraderie and like the picking yourself up after you've been knocked down, you know, learning this mechanical stuff. They have yoga sessions, you know, they're they go out and they learn about stuff in nature, self-care, self-sufficiency. I can't say I honestly can't say enough good things about it. Or the people who give their time and their weekends and their energy to getting kids on bikes and, you know, like, like this camp, bringing girls into the sport. It's so encouraging and so heartening to see. So, yeah, I, I just got back and did my own little, I had a little ride. I wanted to get in here and uh, here I am. But, wow. Yeah.
0: That's that's so great. And, yeah, I mean, all those lessons that are other than being fast, you know, like yes. resilience. Uh, big, yep. You know, and as you mentioned, you know, self care, uh, things like that. It's, yeah, uh, being prepared for a situation, you know, knowing what you need to take to a race, all yep. that stuff.
1: Taking care of nerves. We talked a lot about that, you know, just like when, when you wake up and you're all nervous and, you know, like all that kind of stuff that, that, and I told them that last night, like this is going to transcend this, what you're doing on your bike, (laughs) like this is going to serve you so well in your life, job interviews. And, you know, when things don't go well, learning how to deal with it and winning and losing and, you know, life, like just what this podcast is about, right? Like how cycling fits. And yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's really cool.
1: Um, It was really cool. I was, I was blown away by them and we made banana boats last night and I haven't made a banana boat since I was, do you know what a banana boat is? No, what I will is a tell you about? because it's an amazing thing. So you take a banana in the peel and you slice it. Um, you know, you hold it so the curve, and you slice it, and you stuff it with marshmallows and chocolate chips. Uh, they also had some cookie crumbs there if you wanted. I just I stuck with the basics: the marshmallows and chocolate chips. And you wrap it in aluminum foil and you throw it in the fire for a while, and it becomes just this melted, gooey goodness of marshmallow, banana, chocolate, you know. But I could do that. It is delicious. And I, I honestly have not like when they said we're making banana boats. I just jumped for joy inside because like, I have not had a banana boat <laughs> in so long. So, yeah, it was yeah. uh it was cool. It was really, really, really cool. Definitely 100 <laughs> percent do it again.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, that's, you know, that one event that, you know, it's a window for you into what's going on. And what's so amazing is this is being replicated all around the country.
1: Oh, I know. I know it's it's awesome. And it's not easy. I mean, here specifically, I have I thought when they started the leaks here, it's going to be a challenge because it's hard to find trails that aren't really, really technical, that are that are beginner friendly for anybody, for adults, you know, mm-hmm. kind of for anybody, yeah. uh, you know, but they've been able to like, you know, luckily you don't need a very long course, you know, so they've been able to find some. City parks, especially, you know, have some uh, smoother stuff and they've been able to put it together with just some features. So it's it's uh, but it's been it's taken off in PA. It's really great. And they told me today that Pennsylvania leads in the grit camps, which are the women, uh, the girls only ones, which warmed to my heart, too. It was like, again, not easy to ride here. Super yeah. hilly. It's hot. It's hard. And it was just so cool to see these girls talking about tire pressure and, you know, just the dropper posts and all the, like, it was, you know, playing like mountain bike polo and that it, it was cool. You know, that is so put great. down derbies. Yeah. It was really great. It was, it made me feel good about the world. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. cause you know that, uh, you know, not only are they getting great things out of it, but these are people who are going to go on to be members of the community that we're going to be really psyched to have in the community because of their yep. perspective.
1: Yeah. 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 So
0: excellent. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, what do you got for your poll this week?
1: Ah, what do I have? I'm, it's, I got another listener question. Uh, I do not remember who asked this question. So I'm sorry, whoever you are, but I'm sure you'll recognize yourself. Uh, it says, I recently watched a video on GCN, which I believe is Global Cycling Network, correct? Yes. Um, about the keto diet and cycling. I don't think it's a diet for me, love me some carbs, but I'm curious about it. What are your thoughts? Training the body to burn fat for energy instead of carbs. And I want to say right out of the gate that as an endurance athlete who trains that way, you are already training yourself to burn fat. You know, like, so let's, let's be clear. You, everybody is a fat burner. We all burn fat and we all burn carbs, but That being said, uh, I understand that there is dietary manipulation you can do. I do it myself, uh, that you can do to train yourself to be a better fat burner above and beyond just your regular endurance training, hundred percent. And I think that that is worthwhile. Uh, the keto diet, I'm going to say right out of the gate. And I know this isn't popular among keto people, but it is, I do not believe that it is a good diet for endurance cyclists, um, Because cycling is not just a low intensity sport. Cycling requires you to push up hills or if you're you're doing anything that's at all a group ride or a spirited ride, you are going to want to burn carbs. That's let's just say that. And so for those people who are who don't know the ins and outs of keto, and I am fairly convinced that even people who talk about doing keto don't necessarily always know the ins and outs of keto. They think they're just doing a high fat, low carb thing. But keto is very specific. Um, When you're on a keto diet, you severely restrict carbs. We're talking five to 10% of your daily intake, which that dude, that comes out to 25 to 50 grams a day. That that's That's a cliff bar. That's yeah. It's a banana and maybe part of an apple. Like that's, that's what you're talking about. The rest is a lot of fat and protein. Um, You know, what you would usually be getting on a 2000 calorie diet would be 225 grams to 300 grams of carbs a day. Um, but the idea is so your body switches from using glucose and the stored form glycogen, you know, which is in your muscles. So it, instead of using that, it fuels your brain and your muscles using ketones, which your body produces from fat. Now, this all sounds good on paper, right? And that's what people hook onto is that because even super thin riders have virtually unlimited fat stores. So the idea is, you know, instead of like relying on like the 2000 calories you have of glycogen, which you have to keep putting back in, mm-hmm. you could w- ride all day and be bonk proof, you know, as an endurance machine, if you would just, if you could just burn fat. Right. And in theory that kind of works, but there's definitely some hitches to it. Um, without stored carbs and without eating any carbs on your rides and events, you have very, very, very little in your tank for high intensity efforts. You don't have nothing. Your body, uh, will still make some glucose in your liver, you know, cause your brain actually really likes glucose. It's all it runs on. So your body is yeah. making it basically to keep your brain functioning. So there's really not a whole lot there for you to sprint for any town signs or to, go into the red at any point if you're on your bike Um, and cycling just tends to demand that it tends to demand that you go over and under your threshold that's kind of the nature of the sport and research has generally shown that it just doesn't bear well for high intensity riding you know there's been a, a couple studies out of st louis and a few other places in australia i think some people have done research where you know people on a on a real keto diet their their peak power is about seven to 10% lower in their high intensity efforts. And that does not surprise me one bit. I mean, you just don't have that top end. Uh-huh. Um, and it's a real process to do it. It's a process to get yourself into ketosis. You know, people go through what they, they call the keto flu, which is basically you just feel terrible until your yep. body is trying to like adapt to what you're doing to it. Cause your body w- wants to survive. So if you're not giving it carbs, I mean, it's going to be like, OK, this is what we're doing now. How can I keep the brain alive? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also just a really hard way to live, like to eat just 200 calories worth of carbs every day. You're not getting much fiber. And we talked about fiber last week. Like, that's a really good thing for your gut and your yeah. general health. And all around the world, like people who have eaten like high fiber diets and done super well on them. Hello, Mediterranean diet. Um <laughs> And I know very few people who actually follow the keto diet, even when they claim to, um, to do it right. You need to be either using a glucose monitor or peeing on strips. You know, those urinalysis strips to make, to make sure breathing it, to make sure you are producing ketone bodies. Uh, and if you're not doing that, you're just eating a low carb, high fat diet, which is very different, which is very different from being in true ketosis. um, you know I'm not saying the whole thing started because of people ep- have epilepsy do kind of well. You know like a, like extreme there are health circumstances in which okay like maybe ketosis is what you're looking for but I think for cyclists who are interested in that whole fat burning com- component there's so many better ways to do it that makes sense that maybe everybody should be doing honestly like I think that we went I think what happened is everybody went way too far for a while with with the opposite, when everyone was like, "All I eat is carbs. I don't eat any fat," and they were just eating like bagels with jelly, right? Instead, snack- yep. like, so let's not take this pendulum and swing it all the way back in the other direction. Because anytime you cut out like a whole food group, it just doesn't make sense. Like, it just it think just it doesn't even make sense. Like, if you want to train yourself to be a better fat burner, I mean, there's so many ways to do it. Just just time your carbs appropriately. I mean, one <laughs> you can do the thing like like the cyclists have been doing since time immortal going out in the morning on black coffee for, you know, like a a morning ride with low glycogen stores. That does it that's, that, that, that helps your body train to, to be a better fat burner because your carb stores are low. Your glycogen stores are low. You're not doing super high intensity. So your body's like, okay, I'll just dig into these fat stores. Um, you know, and it's just time your carbs. Like if I know that I'm going to be doing, Hill repeats, intervals, I'm racing, I'm doing something long and hard. I want carbohydrate and glycogen on board so I can do all those efforts. But, in, you know, if I'm going out in February or March for one of those long three hours where we're just going to noodle around and just get some miles in, you don't need a ton of carbs for that. Right. Right. You know, like that's that's fine. You know, it's fine to just eat some vegetables and protein and, you know, do that, but not worry about like getting the bread, you know, like not intentionally eating a whole lot of starchy carbs. So you don't, you don't really need them. But this idea that people just, people can't like take the middle, the common middle sense ground, like, right. They just have to swing to these crazy extremes and you really just don't have to, like, you don't have to do anything so extreme to help your body adapt to do this thing that you want to do and to do it better. you know, it's interesting. Have you? So one of the things that that has sort of come out of this is that whole taking ketones, like the key, like the like the drinks, like you <laughs> can take um ketone supplements. Have you ever tried them? They taste like nail polish remover. I mean, it's it's like almost impossible to choke the things down. Wow. But but the people but they do, you know, they put they put those ketone bodies on board so you have extra ketones to use so it sort of spares everything like anything you can use to spare your glycogen and blah 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 is useful but they're super expensive it's like 40 dollars a bottle for the thing like one little bottle of them and they really do taste like nail polish remover so i honestly just think do what people have always done you know do the coffee rides do the the endurance rides on low carb take your carbs when you need them and you don't have to do any special Anytime you find yourself doing something extreme, ask yourself why and if it makes sense. I, 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 t- it's, I go back to that all the time with any of these things.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the thing I keep coming back to is, you know, every time I run across another extreme example of a diet, you know, anything that's at either shallow end of that bell curve. Um, I'm immediately out because I know yeah. evolutionarily we didn't get here doing that
1: we really didn't we we just really didn't and i mean th- there's a lot of things we can debate but it's very hard to debate that fiber is good for you like mm-hmm. the, you know that mm-hmm. is um and if you just look at traditional diets go buy the blue zones you know buy, go buy a book where people who eat local traditional diets just do well and live a long time um it, it just there's a lot of common sense to be had, and yes, I know the food. You know, people will be like, "But the food, the grains are different." Yes, I get it. Um, but we eat eat local, eat close to nature. You know, eat, don't eat super processed. There's ways that you can still eat very healthfully, and and frankly, our diet has evolved forever. It's always been evolving. Mm-hmm. We have mm-hmm. always cross pollinated things, cross you know, cross bred things. Cr- our food look has looked different all the time. Like every time that's, that's what happens, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. 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 I I'm
0: reminded of uh, a study that Alan Lim told me about when I was at that Mm. scratch masterclass thing, Mm -hmm. uh, scratch camp uh, where they did a study regarding bread versus rice as a source of carbohydrate. And they studied Mm -hmm. Swedish women who had grown up eating bread mm-hmm. and, you know, had generations of family who'd been eating bread. And then mm-hmm. Japanese women who grew up eating rice and had generation upon generation <laughs> of rice eating. And lo and behold, the Swedish women did better, were able to better process the bread than they could the rice. And the Japanese makes- women did better on rice than bread.
1: It makes so much sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: you know, and here's here's a a, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole too far, but I've I've thought about this an awful lot in terms of why America had the obesity things that happened to us early and first, Uh and I honestly believe it's a lot of it is the melting pot because a lot when the Pima Indians came here and the Mex like when people came here from their traditional places and Uh started not eating their traditional diets, changed the gut biome, changed all kinds of stuff. They've got more like we're sort of meant to eat in this traditional way. And when, when you depart from that, you can run into stuff. I, I, I actually think there's something to that, yeah. you know, like you're saying, I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's a ancestry that comes with food and it's, it's not, it's anyone that says his calories in and calories out is not, it's just not true. There's so there's a, we're very complex in that way. That's yeah. interesting.
0: Yeah. It's, it's been an interesting thing for me to watch You know, a question for you that may or may not be related to this in my own experience, looking at my past, the best I ever did at burning fat also happened to be when I was at my absolute fittest and I could seemingly run on almost anything. I know that's Mm -hmm. not true, but, uh, you know, I, my threshold was so high I could ride around all day at 145 BPM. And, you know, breathe through my nose. Uh, It was, it was remarkable, but it's the leanest I ever got. And, you know, with just minor tweaks in how many calories I was getting per day or how many miles I was getting, I could either put on a couple pounds or take a couple pounds off. It was not a lot of work in either direction. And Mm -hmm. now that I'm 55, getting that needle to move, um, it's like a stone door. (laughs)
1: <laughs> um i honestly I, hormones are a real big part of that they they just are men and women i mean mm-hmm. that's that's a large part i mean you get people who say oh well you know you tend to not be as active and you're not doing as much intensity not, and all those things are true too you know i mean mm-hmm. i think like when you're racing a lot and when you're doing that you're just you're just so fine-tuned you know i mean you you are and i and i know exactly what you're talking about and then you start doing other things in life and you're not racing every weekend and you're not, you know, doing the the world championship race on Wednesday night and, you know, whatever like, and you're just not doing the same things and your body composition does change and, you know, your metabolism changes and it, and it all sort of adds up. And, you know, I think, I think that's okay, but there's, even if you did, I mean, if you look at people who, you know, even like masters athletes, like even like people who are trying to sort of ride that razor edge well into their older ages, they still have higher fat composition. They still do, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's hormonal. That's absolutely hormonal. You know, your hormones just kind of drift in a way that you're, you add a little more fat and you take away a little more muscle. And that's, that's an inevitability for everybody. I mean, you you can stave that and you can stay still obviously in really great shape and do all kinds of great things, but just, you know, to say that you could that as long as you would stay just as active and you know eat and whatever, and that would your body composition would never change all the way to a hundred or when you die is just a lie. I mean, it's just not yeah. true. You know, yeah. it's just it isn't. And I think like it's okay to be okay with that. You know, and that's it?
0: that's the key for me is you know I I would like to try to age with some grace. Uh, I know we're getting a little far afield here but I really would. I don't want to be that guy who's trying to be a 30-year-old in a 70-year-old body.
1: That I, yeah. Yeah.
0: That doesn't fit. For
1: well me. well and I did it's funny and, and I'll I'll just sort of end with that but but yes and and I thought about that a lot like I was you know I was on this uh when I did that Oklahoma ride when I did that Tulsa thing that yeah. ACE challenge. Yep. So there was somebody on it who was 70 which is awesome right and this guy rightfully has a lot of pride in everything he's accomplished you know he still is a a pretty competitive triathlete you know he's very strong but he's you know he, he was definitely he was sort he was he was dangling off the back you know and fighting back and it was a really hard day for him because you know it's punchy back there when you're dangle and have to bridge you know when you're in the back of any pack like that and you're in that accordion instead of sort of up on the top, it's way harder. Yep. And we were having this conversation afterwards and he's like, well, it was not about my age. It was about the, you know, this, and I was just like, it is okay. It's okay to be, to be 70 and not, not be as strong as you used to be. It really is. Okay. And I understand that's such a hard, it's a hard transition. It's a hard transition to be like, you know what? It is my age, (laughs) but, it, (laughs) but, it's, it, it it's hard, but everybody goes there. Everybody's going to get there and everyone has to reconcile it in their own way. You know, I, yep. I think, I think in some ways I thought, I thought it would be like a light switch. Like I was going to hit a certain age and be like, I'm not competitive anymore and it's done, you know? And it's almost kind of annoying that it's not like that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because yeah. I have to sort of, you know, I still like, you have to oh. evaluate. Right. Like I, like I won that thing and, and you know, it sounds, this sounds so stupid to say, but it's almost annoying because I'm just like, okay, I guess if I still keep trying, I can still like, but how much do, I don't want to be that person either. Who's just like still trying to prove something all the time. I mean, it's still fun to be in the mix when I can for sure. Yep. And I enjoy the process, but it is definitely a process. And at some point you just sort of pass the torch a little bit and just, you know, you're in it for something else. You're just enjoying the, the race for the, For what, for another thing. And, and it, it, it's, everybody has to figure that out for themselves. And some people just leave the sport, you know, some people just depart because they don't, it's not fun for them anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And other people figure out another way to have fun with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's my, my goal for myself is, you know, I, I'd really like to be riding a bike as late into my life as I possibly can. I accept You know, in a similar sort of way, there will come a point where I recognize that the risks uh, to to my health and ultimately my mortality that come from a fall off a bike. Mm -hmm. There will come a point where it's like, you know, it's probably not a good idea to do this anymore. And it will happen. It'll, you know, it'll happen with mountain bikes first and then probably gravel bikes and then road bikes last. And just like you're, you're. your need to relinquish uh, being on the top step of the podium, being right. close to the podium. They're all going to be judgment calls. And the only way to, to do that right is to really get square with yourself. I, to me, that's a real measure of grace and, and maturity. And it's something I'm hoping I can get to.
1: It's all a process. Yep. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I'll find process. out someday.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but and you know, I it and it's it's just different for everybody. It, you know, <laughs> it's different for everybody, and 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 sometimes it's not about age. You know, people get sick when they're young, and like things happen. It, you know, it's just uh, it's just wherever you are in your life, and and what's what feels good, and you know, the risk reward thing is always an equation. And yeah, you know, that was when I was racing. There's always a point. Like, there's a point at which I was just like, okay, I I'm not willing to ride that razor's edge. Cause I don't want to lose another summer. Like it, there was some point that I was like, I'm not willing to get hurt to lose my a summer, you know? Yeah. So it just meant just not just one less risk, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's like, you, you see the sprinters on the tour de France, like you see them and you know, like, when they get to that point where they're hitting their brakes just a little sooner, you know, maybe they are getting a little older. They've had, they've hit the ground a bunch of times. They, now they have kids. It's just, you're just like, mm. <laughs> you know, I know what it hits, feels like to hit the ground at 38 miles an hour and yep. I'm good. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. And you know, it's one of those things that if you can be at peace with your changing priorities, you're just going to be that much happier.
1: I think the hardest part, Patrick, for a lot of people is is not in their own head it's with everybody else you know it's like because people everyone else sort of has their expectation on you Mm -hmm. based on what you've done or what you've always been you know right so then you have to because i you know i've seen it and i've had people come up well oh what happened or oh you're not and then you have to like go through this whole rigmarole of like well, you know, I'm not like that can be exhausting. You know, like even if you're okay with yourself, then you've just got to like have this whole explanation to everybody else. Like, yes, well, this is how it is. But yeah, it's all evolution.
0: Yeah, yeah, certainly. Okay, dope. Cool. Um,
1: so I will pull over and what do you have? Yeah, well, uh,
0: my poll this week concerns body work. And part hmm. of this is because I, right now I have a number of friends who are hurt and either are unable to ride at the level that they'd like or even ride at all. Mm-hmm. And I've got a lot of empathy and compassion for this. I'm someone who has had upper body issues that were absolutely caused by cycling by being on the bike too much and not doing enough off the bike without that combination of physical therapy and massage that I've been doing here and there. And I did a lot of physical therapy this year I don't mm-hmm. know that I would be able to ride all that much, you know, kind of at all right
1: now. And is that your neck that you're talking about? Like yes. the stenosis? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those things that they did finally pin it down to stenosis. But for a long time, we didn't really know what the source of the pain was. But we, all mm-hmm. we knew was really it was nerve pain. Um, you know, they had to do the MRI to find that out. Right. And... You know, I I respect that a lot of health plans out there. Getting an MRI is a very expensive prospect, and I can totally understand someone not wanting to shell out five hundred dollars to their health insurance company, or uh, or the hospital, whatever, right? uh, to To get that done, Uh, because you know you're you're spending that money on a diagnosis, not treatment. I think people are generally. Uh, more at peace with spending money on actual treatment.
1: Well, especially if it's nebulous and you're not really sure what you're going to find.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for those who are willing, there's yet another angle to consider, of course, and that's yoga. Um, but finding yoga classes for, you know, for me in my case, finding yoga classes that can fit my schedule and my wallet. Cause around here, yoga is not cheap. Uh, mm-hmm. It's, you know, truly, it's a harder thing for me to fit in my life than either massage or PT, because with those, I can simply make an appointment that fits my schedule, Um, you know, uh, but, you know, with each of these, the lesson that keeps getting delivered in all different manner is one of flexibility, restoring it when I've lost it and then using PT, massage, various exercise at home to maintain it uh without that flexibility i that seems to really be the 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 beginning of the tipping point of where problems really start to come mm. um and i didn't understand that until the relatively flexibility
1: where i'm curious specifically well
0: in in my case it has to do yeah. with the spine you know upper okay. body flexibility uh i can't put my chin on my chest i cannot just yeah i wow. can, Nope, can't do that no Ooh. Um and okay. uh, my head movement, left and right. Um, I'm I don't have quite as much as people ordinarily have, and my mm-hmm. back is ever so slightly scoliotic. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you know there are things, and it's all you know. I I'm no longer a Nordic skier, <laughs> haven't been for twenty odd years, and back when I was a Nordic skier. And I had an upper body. I had lats and I had, yeah, yeah. And, you know, all of, all that cool stuff. I had shoulders and didn't have any upper body issues. I didn't have yeah. any issues on the bike whatsoever. Yeah. Yep. And once I really super specialized into cycling, yep. it took a while. It took a few years, but not that many years for the first problems to start cropping up.
1: That does not surprise me.
0: And, you know, with time, you know, a problem in time. And the second law of thermodynamics, which says things go from bad to worse.
1: <laughs> Is that the second law?
0: <laughs> More or less, uh, you know, the arrow of time. Uh, so, it, yeah, it's been an interesting learning curve for me. And I've got a buddy right now that I'm really doing all I can to to get him in to see a massage therapist until, you know, his his health insurance is willing to to deal with it in some more constructive way because it's done so much for me. There have been so many times I've been in pain and mm-hmm. a good uh, neuromuscular massage therapist mm-hmm. or just deep tissue. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has made such a difference for me. I can walk out, you know, with, without pain, walk in with yeah. pain, leave without the pain.
1: A hundred percent.
0: Yeah. And I, I have this sense from talking to people and certainly you know I don't I don't want to accuse our audience of something but I have this recurring experience of people thinking that you know massage is for naughty muscles post ride right. that it, it's right. really not going to help that much with other stuff and so for me the big message is no seriously if you've got upper body issues or mm-hmm. you know joint stuff there are so many different things where it's made such a big difference for me yep. and then once i've made that progress if i can get into a yoga class or, or 16, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, that it gives me some momentum to build on. And that's, that's been a a big change in my life. Uh, you know, it's just, it's so nice to be able to go out for a ride now, two, three hours and come home with no pain. (laughs) Yeah. It's just what a difference. Yeah. Um, and you know, and, Truly, with when I get off the bike with no pain, I'm actually in a different mood.
1: Yeah. Well. Yes. Yeah. Your, your head is in a better place.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, my question to you is: in a certain sort of way, this was just a lob in your direction. You know, I can make the pitch. <laughs> you are the person with the real expertise to talk about how these things work together to contribute to a better you, <laughs> and so. You know, I'm curious about, you know, your experience with how these things fit together um, and where some of the bigger opportunities are.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's everything you said. I 100 percent agree with it's. It's interesting. I. I I, knock on wood, I I haven't had a whole lot of aches and pains, you know, over over the course of all my athletic stuff. But there was a point uh, where I was training for Ironman and things, you know, volume is super, super high. And I was just getting and I don't ever have knee pain, but I was getting this strange, like fleeting knee pain. It would like move. It would be medial. Then it would be lateral. Then it would be like all over the place. And I got it checked out by, you know, a knee guy. And he's like, the joint's fine. You know, there's whatever all these things. And I went to there's she's a healer. I, there's, I have a massage therapist who is Rose. You are a healer. She she everybody goes. You can go in there hobbling and she she figures out where it is and my knee had nothing to do with it you know so my it was not my knee at all it was my so it was my left knee that was sort of giving me these shocks like these strange pains and it was my right hip you know So my, like I had tightness in my right glute and it was just sort of a pinball effect you know what like one thing pulls it mm-hmm. like you know this is attached to this well one thing would pull on another thing and would pull it and as soon as we sort of ungunked things, for lack of a better sophisticated term, like I had stuff stuck together, um, it went away. Like So it, it also just makes you less afraid of your body because you start understanding. So like whenever I feel a little niggle somewhere, I can sort of do my own sleuthing, too, at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, I see her at a regular basis, but I, I I can do sort of my own like, OK, what's going on? And to, to marry it to what you're saying about yoga, what I have found is that. Uh, I wish I, I'd love to go to yoga more than I do. I don't go as much as I'd like to. However, I do go quite a bit in the um, sort of the off season when I'm also lifting and stuff. But what's nice, if you can find a way to go to yoga regularly. And I just went I just went yesterday. As a matter of fact, uh, I e-biked to yoga, which is, was a wonderful thing, um, mm-hmm. is that you can figure out where you're tight, you know, mm-hmm. like from side to side, like because you you, you do these you do the, uh, um, you know, sequences Yep. and you, you do them repetitively and you do each side. So you're hitting everything sort of in the same way and it feels different from side to side. So yeah. I can see like, oh, look, that left hip is or that right hip or whatever is starting to get a little tight again. Maybe I need to foam roll it or maybe I need to make an appointment with Rose. You know, if I can't sort of get in there and loosen stuff up myself. But it can go a such a long way, like to your point of keeping you. uh, I find that I am able to do everything better, climb better, all that stuff, because you've just got greater range of motion. I I don't I don't usually frame it in terms of flexibility to people, because I think flexibility can be a bit of a mind trap for some people, because some people are just not naturally flexible. Mm-hmm. Right. Like everybody thinks of flexibility, like touching your toes and touching the floor, or doing splits. And, and some people are just, they've never been flexible. They're not going to be quote unquote, what they think of as flexible. Uh, but having a healthy range of motion is a different thing. And that means that your, your joints are going through your optimum range of motion without pain, without hitches, without all that kind of stuff. And that is important yeah. you know so that I, I i try to frame it like that to people because honestly you can be too flexible you know you, you need yeah. a bit of stability and a bit of stiffness and people who are super lax have more joint problems because they don't have the mu- you know their, their their joints are not being supported by their muscles in the same way and they they do kind of blow out their knees and stuff a little more often at that extreme so yeah. it, it is a it is about that balance of being um having that healthy, having that healthy range of motion. And to your point, when I, I was having um, just weird things, like my forearm was kind of bugging me and my shoulder was sort of bugging me. And I went into the, this was two years ago. And I went into, when I started doing the CrossFit kind of sort of workouts, those more intense gym workouts, I was real nervous. I was just like, I don't know, maybe I'm getting older, you know, that, that again. I'm like, maybe I can't do this stuff. And I started lifting like that and that all went away. Like it just be just using it and getting it stronger to like you were saying it mm-hmm. all that went away. Like my shoulder wasn't, I'm like, okay, that's what that's about. I just wasn't strong. Like I just, you know, I'd let all that slide for a couple of years and was just riding my bike because, you know, that's what we all like to do. And what a difference. It just made such a difference. So wild. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's encouraging to me, you know, it it suggests to me that unless you really have a huge problem, it's fixable. It just requires, you know, some input. You got to put some energy into it and, you know, usually you need a little help.
1: And this is the thing. And I find people, I have actually had people verbalize that, that they feel afraid of their body. They feel, you know, like they have these aches and pains and, and to them, they think those aches and pains mean they shouldn't move. You know, and that's actually yep. the opposite, <laughs> like your your body, you're I, I you're more likely to develop those aches and pains if you don't stay strong and move your body. That is that's real true. Uh, you know, it's just like I know my running friends who I was like trying to explain to people like my knees are not going to wear out like if, people who run have less knee replacements than people who are sed- you know, like the, lots of sedentary people get their knees replaced. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's not, it's not really about that. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of body work. I think it can, I've seen it. I've seen it in my own life. I mean, without Rose, I, you know, she, she just brought it all together for me and kept me, kept me rolling. And, you know, just really to your point, it showed me like, okay, like if I have something that's hurting it's probably something that that I can address and, and it's not that big of a deal. It's good. If, if it's muscular, if it's tightness, I mean, you can take care of that. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's, it's a, it makes you stand taller and feel better too and be, and then be in a better headspace. Like you're saying your mood. I think, I think when you, like I left yoga, like, wow, I really needed that. I didn't even know how much I needed it. You know, I mean, I just walked out of there. I was like, I'm okay. Like I'm calmer. And a lot of that is just spending that hour just like in that space, you know, just yeah. letting yourself come down mm-hmm. and just being in be, being in tune with yourself instead of like the million other things that are always going on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, two interesting observations. It, one, I was in Target with my boys uh last week and this woman was there buying a toy for her nephew not a parent herself and so she wanted my 10 year old's opinion on some of the toys um and there was just this energy to her that felt very scattered very um i don't i really don't even have the language for it Um, It's not like she was disturbing or anything, but it's like there was something that was sort of out of sorts with her. Mm -hmm. And I thought of that as you were talking about yoga and whatnot. And when I think about my friends who are regular practitioners of yoga, they are some of the calmest, most centered people I know.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it, it just an interesting observation. You have to, to the find the
1: right, you have to find the right people though, right? Like you can, yoga is one of the, like anything, like yep. you have to find a class that is, you're comfortable in, you uh, know. and it, it, it can take a few different practitioners, you know, some are a little too, let your heart light shine to the, you know, like uh, there's a little bit of that goes a long way for me. Some people love it, you know, so you mm-hmm. just sort of have to find your, what works for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, but it's one of those things where, you know, the search is well worth it.
1: Totally. Totally. Yeah. And there's so many yoga studios, it's totally worth it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Uh righty. What do you say paceline picks?
1: Cool. Well, I have one um this week that's a little different. As the listeners will remember, I talked about my friend Vikram who uh survived the widowmaker heart attack by CPR and all that stuff that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Uh, I did a story on him for bicycling. And in the process of that, I learned that the American Red Cross has a first aid app, which is awesome. I downloaded it and like you open it and the first thing it does, a pop up button comes up and it's like, is this an emergency? And then if you push that button, it calls nine one one. Like, Wow. But it also just talks you through everything. So if you came across me and you know I'm laying there and you open the app, you'd be like, "Okay, that looks bad. I'm going to call 911." And then it would just like it would talk you through CPR. It would it would it would instruct you what to do next. And mm-hmm. it has it for all kinds of stuff. Tornado coming? Ah, tornado. What do I do?
0: Wow. So, if there was natural disasters an, in addition every, to uh,
1: Totally. First aid national anything that you could figure out like this is bad i need i i need to know what to do now it's in that app i highly recommend it's free and it just it's awesome
0: wow Uh, you know yet another reason to love smartphones
1: yeah (laughs) really crazy it's uh and it's you know downloads to your phone so it's there for you whether there's service or not you know what i mean like so it's that's, yeah. that's a nice touch. So it's at redcross.org slash apps, as you can find. It, and it's super highly recommended.
0: Wow. That's remarkable. Uh, yeah. Well, I know what I'll be doing this afternoon.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I downloaded it right away. and I was like, this is great. This is really very useful. And you can just sort of like, I was just thumbing through, just sort of brushing up and educating myself on some stuff. You know, it's just like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. The more, the more, you know, <laughs>
0: Right. Right. Yeah. I, I could totally see me, you know, I wake up at three o'clock in the morning for some reason. It's too warm. <laughs> and, you know, I need something to do with myself. I could see me just flipping through there for a while.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty cool.
0: I'm, oh. I'm like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, this week I nearly made ice my pick. <laughs> Is it that hot though? Like for us, it's hot. It's I mean, it's not all time, but you know, we're well into the 90s. I think we hit 100 yesterday. Yeah, that's hot. But I also know that because there's real weather other places and we only have 29% humidity. I am mm. I am not going to complain. It's uncomfortable for me. And I know there are other people who would be so grateful for this. So I am not going to complain. But uh <laughs> that said... You know, going out and mountain biking, uh, you get out into a meadow, you come out of the forest, they hit a meadow mm-hmm. and, you mm-hmm. know, the temperature goes through the roof.
1: I know that feeling.
0: Yeah. So I've been putting ice in my packs and uh, I, I've cycled through a bunch of different packs this year. And amazingly, I've come back around to one that was a favorite actually like two years ago. And I, I've realized, oh. Huh. It's still my favorite for the kind of two and a half to three liter range. It's the Camelback Skyline. It used to be the Camelback Skyline 10LR, but they've changed it to the Skyline LR 10. What that really means is that it's got a three liter reservoir, 100 ounces, and the pack offers another seven liters of storage. It features, uh, you know, the 100 ounce reservoir, three liters, But unlike most that are sort of long and skinny, you know, almost like a log, this one is squat and wide because it's meant to sit low on the back and sort of wrap around the lumbar area so that it leaves your upper back and shoulders more open. And, you know, in terms of sweating and whatnot, it really does help. It's nice. Um, It features a tool roll that you can use to organize all your tools and CO2. So they're not just rattling around at the bottom of the pack. I really love that feature. And you know, there are times when I'm swapping packs, I just pull that out really quickly and drop it in another pack. So a wonderful thing. Um, There's a soft lined pocket for eyewear and phone. So like on my way to the ride, if I'm driving there, my eyewear will be in that pack uh, in that pocket. And then I, Pull the eyewear out and drop my phone in once I'm ready to ride. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it works great. The bite valve that Camelback has is still my favorite in the industry. Every time I think I'm really starting to love somebody else's bite valve, I go back to Camelback. And it's like, no, this, this is the shiz.
1: I agree. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: it's, and it's amazing that nobody really has gotten closer uh, to the, the satisfaction and performance level of Camelback's bite valves is it uh, a
1: patented thing well Bill? yeah
0: they did patent theirs but i mean there are people out there who are experts at patent avoidance and fair you know and i mean the world is full of creative people i'm i'm just sort of shocked that nobody else has figured out a, a long better master- <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and certainly everybody else has gotten better um oh yeah still, for sure still the very best Um, this pack also has two wing pockets that make it easy to stow gels and wrappers and whatnot. And one of the two on the left side, it features a zipper in case you've got something that you need at hand, but don't want to risk losing. There's an expansion pocket on the pack, you know, outside on the back. That's great for a jacket. If (laughs) for some reason you actually filled the main compartment, something I have never done, Mm. uh, in addition to the two shoulder straps, there's a sternum strap to keep the shoulder straps in place, as well as a waist belt to keep it from bouncing around on steep descents or, or bumpy descents. And actually, really, the way that pack is designed, the waist belt is meant to bear the majority of the weight uh, so that it's not all sitting on your shoulders. Right, um, which is great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a the mesh that they use in the back is very breathable. I mean, I still get, I take the thing off and I'm totally soaked back there, but it's better than most. Um, And they make this both in a men's and women's version. Uh, The women's version is called the solstice. And, you know, just the proportions of it are a little bit different uh, so that it fits a woman's body better. Mm -hmm. Uh, Goes for $130, can be found in most better bike shops or, of course, online. Sweet. Yeah. 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 And I've been loading mine up with ice. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) And really there's just nothing better than, you know, you're, you pull out into a hot meadow and take a drink from your, uh, from your pack and cold water.
1: And it's cold. Yes. 100% agree with that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just have to keep my boys from using up all the ice. (laughs) We've got, we've got a snow cone maker in our kitchen.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I might need to buy a third ice tray. <laughs> I, I, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's a wrap for this episode of the Pace Line. Uh, oh, I should mention our Pace Line kits from Primal. Uh, they're up in the RKP store. Um, and they
1: look good. I finally put mine on. It's I and they're awesome. Yeah. 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 It's a kit I
0: really like. I'm very very pleased yeah. with it. It's maybe not my favorite kit for the
1: hottest day of the year. Well that's why I finally just put mine on <laughs> because it's <laughs> it's been pretty hot here. But um it'll be like for you know falls around the very, very nice kit for fall, for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I mean most of the weather that we ride through, you know, where you're gonna be shorts and a short sleeve jersey, this thing's just perfect. Yeah. And yeah, the fit's good. They nailed the red, right? Yeah. Very it nice. Nailed the red. It's very, yeah. very
1: flattering. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. Where are you going this weekend? Or or are you going this weekend?
1: I am going to Steamboat Gravel this weekend. Oh. I'm going to Colorado tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's an inaugural event. I'm doing the black, which is 140 miles. Um, we'll s- you know, i am stopped dropping and rolling. So the altitude is always an X factor. I have, I have no designs of trying to win the thing by any stretch. I'd like to feel good and do well. Uh, uh-huh. But, you know, mostly just going to, like, check out the scene and, and just take the whole thing. And they did a, you know, they really jumped through some hoops and op- they had they they had opened the race up and it, it, you know, filled up fairly quickly. And they didn't have many women sign on first go round. So they sort of did the DK thing and they opened up 200 spots just for women, you know, additional spots. And they got, you know, more women into the field. So, you know, kudos to them for doing that. They have the they unlike many gravel races, you know, they have a purse, which is, I think, not necessary, but great. You know, it's mm-hmm. definitely going to be it's definitely going to be more of a. um pack kind of scene i feel you know like Uh this sort of because that stuff i feel is going to roll pretty fast and it's going to lend itself to sort of like a rebecca's private idaho scene where you know packs form and pacelines form and people work together uh so it'll it'll just be really interesting to see but the 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 payout is equal for men and women and they're you know they're really doing all they can to have uh parody and i just want to go out there and support it and see what it's all about so i'm yeah the weather looks like it's going to be great and i'm going to fly out first thing and the race is Sunday and uh, <laughs> yeah. See how it
0: goes. <laughs> uh, steamboat. That's pretty high. I mean, it's higher than Denver, right?
1: 8,000. It's high. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah, good luck. It's, 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 it's the point at which I altitude is usually okay for me, but 8,000 is definitely where I need to. um Yeah. I need to be smart about it too. You know, cause I, it, just the whole, like not, being super dumb and burning a lot of matches that you you'll never ever recover from. So yeah, I'm just going to be a little, I'm going to, I'm going to roll into my day. I'm not going to jump off the line like a cannonball. Like I've been known to do sometimes. (coughs) Um, Yeah.
0: (laughs) Excellent. Oh, I envy you that I'd I'd heard about the event. I would love to check it out. I'm okay with missing something that's say at 8,000 feet, (laughs) I I would really like to do it, but yeah, I've got a, a, a small degree of ambivalence yeah, because uh, yeah. I, oh, I know yeah. that I'm, you know, it's like 30% of me when I'm that high.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll let you know how it goes. It's, it's, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to see, I have some friends who live there. So I'm just going to like see some people I haven't seen for a while and just, to, just take in the whole thing. You know, yeah. just have a, well, and a I hear
0: terrific things about steamboat as a, as a town.
1: It's, yeah. Yeah. And I've, I, it's been many years since I've been there. So I'm looking forward to it.
0: Excellent. Well, hey, everybody, keep those questions coming. You all have been sending some great stuff. If you've got an idea, please drop by RKP and put a suggestion in the comments. Before we go, I'd like to put in a plug for RKP's other podcast, The Pull. The show features artisans talking about their craft and in one-on-one interviews. Think Terry Gross for Cyclists. Uh, we're still in a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, I've had a couple people who haven't been able to uh, get together with me on the phone and uh, we're doing our best. I'm doing my best to, to line up more guests. So we'll be back with that certainly next week, uh, but maybe also this late this week. I'm trying. Uh, okay. We hope you've enjoyed the show. And if you have, please leave us a good review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It makes us easier for other listeners to find. Until next week, I'm Patrick Brady with Celine Yeager. Thanks for listening to The Paceline.